thoughts is that loyalty, I would say, is almost never extended two ways anymore uh, in the workplace. Is-, is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Hello, hello. What's happening, Christopher? I'm excited for today, actually. My good friend, what do you mean, actually? Well, I know sometimes I'm not always as excited to do these with you because you're usually attacking me and oh, wait till you hear today. Wait till you hear today. Okay. Um, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? It's going to be serious. Oh God. Um, My question is: Do you believe that loyalty in the workplace is still a thing? Like, do you believe in loyalty in the workplace? Of course. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Why would you say that? Well, because it's like not 1950 anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's not to say there's people in the workplace that's not loyal, because that's a whole another topic. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think so. I think loyalty is still important. It's interesting. Okay, give me your best this morning. Did you about that? Yeah, it just we had a conversation about how people expect loyalty from certain positions, certain people, certain individuals, certain things. See, I don't I don't that. think loyalty is I think loyalty is dead in the workplace. But and I don't I don't think that means that people cannot be loyal. Okay. I just think it's the wrong, it's the wrong currency. T- tell me your best loyalty story. Uh, here's the thing. I think when someone, I mean, cause I know I'm loyal. Like I know to a certain company, I know I'm loyal to my company. You know, people always will say, oh, here's the corporate guy. Cause I'm, they, they consider that corporate. And it doesn't mean I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm blind to it. But I think, you know, I know I try to be loyal to, you know, uh, the brand, the organization to people. So that means I give them the benefit of the doubt. That means I will engage them in more conversation that allows it to be more dependable. And I expect that too. If people are loyal to me, they're, they're going to be dependable. They're going to be more engaging. And I find that uh, it's easy for me to trust that. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, so I'll, t- I'll give you two reasons why I, I think loyalty in the workplace is dead. Okay. I think, I think the, the, these are these are personal stories. So so I worked for an organization at one point in time in my career that uh, talked a lot about loyalty. Okay. I sold my soul to that organization. Like I was loyal. The problem is is that loyalty, I would say, is almost never extended two ways anymore uh, in the workplace. Is, I could see that. I think it's almost never. I think that that we are beholden to shareholders. Mm. And I don't think that, I don't know if, if they can, if it's hard to choose, like you look at all of these, these huge organizations where, 
where, you know, and there's backdoor deals. We, we know this stuff happens and that's never going to go away, but you know, these executives get their bonuses, but they got their bonuses because they made the shareholders happy and they made the shareholders happy by laying off a thousand people. Right. Like, so the shareholders kind of, it's like, okay, good. Thanks. Like, and it, cause, cause that's who we are beholden to in, in publicly traded companies, right. Is the shareholder. That's actually the only per the only group of people that really matter. Um, as Versus them directors. being loyal to their the employees. employees that made mm-hmm. all that money or did mm-hmm. all those things. They did times, the work. They're good mm-hmm. or bad. They did. It's mm-hmm. almost like we made, we make all these money on people's backs. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they're the first people we turn around and then collect. My dad worked for it. the same organization for, I think it was over 30 years and he was very loyal to them. Extremely loyal. Right. You know, he's a baby boomer. He's extremely loyal uh, to his organization. This was not even a publicly traded company. Okay. So this was government. He worked with government and a civic government. And I will never forget the day that my dad, uh, he early retired because he, his body was so beaten up. His body was so beaten up because he worked so hard. He worked so hard. The expectations were so high and he worked so hard. And, and interestingly enough, my, my stepmother uh, also worked for this same organization, different department and same thing. Like they put in, like their companies got way more from them than they got from the organization. Right. And, mm-hmm. and although good benefits, you know, that kind of thing, but it, it wasn't without, you know, it, it was almost punitive. It's like, well, because you have good benefits, you should put in 60 hours a week. I remember my dad saying at the end that, that he only claimed half of his overtime and he had something like three or four or six months off at the end. And he only claimed half. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it's like, so, so, okay, that's his choice. Right. I get it. But, but do you know what he said to me? Cause, cause shortly after, uh, shortly before that is when I think I started change my life coaching. Mm-hmm. And he said, Christopher, I wish I had taken more risk like you, because when I look back at it, he said, you know, I got this kind of a dope of a manager at the end and it wasn't worth it. He said, I wish I had taken more risk. I wish I hadn't been as loyal to this organization. And so he did it because it made economic sense. So that's not loyalty. Right. That's not loyalty. Right. right? So I don't, I, I think that loyalty, I think people can be loyal, but I think pandering, employers pandering to loyalty um, is false unless that employer is prepared to take a sacrifice like a look at Clive Beddoes. Do you remember when we worked at WestJet? Clive Beddoes, yeah. there was no profit sharing for a while, right? So right. so there was no bonuses at WestJet. There was no pension at WestJet. Um, there was an employee contribution plan to the shares that was extremely generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then there was profit sharing. But when the company wasn't profitable, there was no profit sharing. And so Clive Beddoes took $1 for salary. Mm-hmm he didn't want to get paid at all. And, and law says, okay, you can't do that. He had to take something. So he took $1 a month or a check or something is what he, is what he took. And that was a gesture. And I'm sure he like Clive Beddoes was not starving clearly, like, (laughs) you know, but, 
but he evoked loyalty because of yeah, that. that that act of loyalty mm-hmm. also not only that he evoked it like you were saying for people who are like wow that's great but also him saying listen i'm loyal to my brand mm-hmm. the company the organization yep. the people within it and we all worked harder because of that and yeah. then he left i'll never forget i was in europe traveling mm-hmm using up some of my overtime. I had three weeks of overtime that I built in three months. Like, how is that even possible? (laughs) Using up my overtime and he resigned. And, and that was it. The the culture of the company changed drastically after that. So I don't think loyalty is real. I think loyalty in the workplace is dead. I think that it's the wrong focus because I actually don't think that leaders as well-intentioned as they are, I don't think that they can pander to loyalty anymore. I don't think that they can honor loyalty anymore. So anyone who's expecting loyalty from their employees needs to be loyal. But I think if they look at the hard position that they're in, I don't think you can be loyal. Right. And I think there's a lesson there actually too, even for the the leaders who are hearing this or saying, are you making decisions? Are you banking on loyalty? Is that all you're banking on? Right. Is that is what is that almost an expectation that you have for your people? And then the flip side of that is how are you loyal to the team that you're leading and the organization? You know, how are you practicing that? So what what would you say are some of the imperfect you know, or the inspired actions for these, you know, for us as imperfect humans. Well, actually, Kyle, I wanted to, I, I looked up some statistics on loyalty. So again, these oh, are, yes, for sure. Yes, you yes, know, yes. this is, this is, I, I'm always cognizant of when, um, when we look at social research, right? Because there's limitations. How do people answer? Mm-hmm. How are the questions? This came from West Monroe. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're a consulting firm. I suspect that they're probably like an Ipsos Reed or or something like that. So this was from 2018. And they surveyed 2000 full-time US employees. And this is what they found. Now, I think the US is very different in terms of loyalty than Canadians are. Um, I also think it's different in different countries. Like you see documentaries and stuff about places in Eastern Europe where it's like, like they take care of their people differently than we do here. But again, I don't know if those are just stereotypes because that's the image that the director wanted to show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so actually, this is what came out of that study. So 82% of employees have a high sense of loyalty to their current employers. Mm. 82%. Not surprised. But, But how do you define loyalty? Because 45% of those same people have mm-hmm. applied to new opportunities after one bad day at an office. Oh. Whoa. Okay, so that's, that's almost, almost like half. Some... So so is that <laughs> loyalty? Up. So like they're saying they're loyal, but it's their like... behavior just not necessarily. Because there's a best before date on that loyalty. Mm-hmm. Get this. So, so loyalty, again, how are they defining loyalty amongst this 82%? So I suspect it's how mm-hmm. people self-reported. Yes, I'm loyal. Here, here's, right. here's a more... Uh, devastating statistic 59% of those people would leave because of a more appealing offer from a new company not because they're seeking an escape from their current company so even though they're loyal if they were made a better offer 59% so almost 60% of people would leave anyway so is that loyalty no yeah 
as we've defined loyalty and as I think as we understand what we feel loyalty is uh no because you know when I when you see even when you watch certain movies and just the other day I was watching you know uh stories about you know a civic war and you see people they know they're gonna die they know that but they're doing it because they're trying to protect their country they're trying to do it because they want to create a better life for other people and they put themselves in harm's way whereas what you just said the moment I feel resistance or the moment I feel something is not right I've checked out then I don't think that's loyalty and again that that just seems to be my and yours definition of what we think it is so I think loyalty is emotionally driven Mm -hmm. and emotions are not reliable emotions come and go I think loyalty is emotionally driven Mm -hmm. and so I think and it's based on values Right. But if somebody violates that value, do you keep showing up? Like, you know, as I think about my early career and stuff I've done, I did. Yeah. I still showed up. I didn't like it. I still, I still showed up. There's something that said, like that to me talks about, it, it talks about one of two things. You're either stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is highly possible <laughs> it is not it is not sometimes you're a piece of shit but you're not stupid <laughs> or you're gritty like there i think there is something enviable about that kind of boomer and i would say even most of the xers kind of have that like hard work mm-hmm. mentality i'm not saying that millennials and zennials don't i'm not saying that at all and in fact the research like i don't really believe in the generational research i actually don't think it's a you know i think i think that you know they say that and it's like well what if you had measured the boomers when they were in their 20s right. versus the what greatest we, generation who would have been sure. older at that like like yeah, so you know, we do have like, a little bit more on them, right? Like from a well, that's the thing. Like, I, or, certainly, yeah. as I have aged, I've experienced you know different things, you know, and my value shift. Okay, so on that note, there is a bit of a statistic from this survey about Gen Xers and Millennials. So, of Gen Xers, sixty-two percent plan to stay at their current employers for five plus years. Sixty-two percent. Of millennials, 43% plan to stay at their current employers for five plus years. Okay. So, so, you know, it's like, well, millennials look less loyal, but I think there's a bigger consideration here because yeah. the, the span for millennials is 20 mm-hmm. years. Right. It's 20 years. So it's like you have, you had some millennials that were already 20 years old when some millennials were being born. So I'm considered a millennial. I was born in 1980. Some people say it's Mm -hmm. 1978. Some people say it's Mm -hmm. 1982. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in there, I kind of fall in. And then there's this new one that they're calling Xennials, which is a shorter time period for people like me who are in that window, um, where you might've used a rotary phone, but also used a cell phone, right? (laughs) Like as you grew up, right? So in your childhood, you would have seen it. So, So, but based off of kind of the millennial stuff, it's like, like I'm 41 years old and I'm a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. Like based off of the research. So I look at this and I'm like, well, some of these millennials are 23. They should not be planning to stay at their employer for five plus years because that is a mark against them in their working 
careers. Like it, it's, right. this is not a good thing to be 23 and then be 33 and have no diversity in your experience. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's like, well, this person's loyal. It's like, yeah, that's great, but they might lack diversity. So it actually works against them in some ways. Right. right, right. Although man, if I saw more resumes that had people that had stayed at companies for 10 years, that would put a smile on my face. Of course. Right? Of course. So here's the other thing. More than two in five millennials plan to stay at their current employer for such a significant amount of time suggests that the job hopper stereotype might not hold true. Okay. Right. But I look at it and it's like, you have to remember millennials watched their parents go through the eighties when, you know, some, some provinces in Canada hit a hard time and it was like, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Loyalty was irrelevant. It's like, you just lost your job. That was it. Mm -hmm. You just lost your job. That was it. You lost it. Your loyalty stood for nothing. And your loyalty does stand for nothing during hard economic times. I know sometimes they'll make a decision about like, you know, mm-hmm. this person's really loyal. Let's keep them versus this person. I would say when it's really tough economic times, it's based on salary. And you and I know that because we have seen it happen over and over. Like, who do we coach when they get laid off? It's the right. people who are the highest potential, highest paid, you know, and, and the people left behind make a pittance in comparison and work their butts off. Yeah. And it's interesting because you wonder why, like when you, you know, and this is what's happening, you know, especially I think with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of that, you know, a lot of people got laid off and the people who are left behind, they feel this thing of, it's almost like their loyalty increased because they got to stay, but they're working five times, 15 times as hard you know, and I think that's a problem, right? Because to be honest with you, uh, is it guilt? Is it loyalty? Like it's something because they're working like five people because the job still has to get done. The, the employer didn't say, okay, since we don't have the 10 people doing this job anymore, let's bring it down. Let's reorganize it. Let's just say based on the five people or the three people we have, let's change it. I find that's not happening. If, if anything, you expect the 10 people output, which is the problem. Yep. Totally. So yeah. I don't, I think the jury's still out, Kyle. Is loyalty dead or in the workplace or is it not? I think Actually, the answer is yeah. it is and it isn't. Yeah. You, you actually shifted my uh, mindset on that a little bit. I think there's There's times where people have good intentions to be loyal, but I think something happens in the organization where they've learned that it's not about their loyalty. So if it was about loyalty, Mm -hmm. then, then what's the number one solution in your mind? Cause you're, you're a loyal guy. Yeah, I, I think the number one thing for me is you got to be like trust. You got to be when we say, you know, if you want to gain trust or you want other people to trust you, you have to be trustworthy. I think you have to be uh, you have to practice and behave as someone who is loyal. So when push comes to shove in those moments, did you just drink something that didn't sit right? Or, sorry, or you just like what I, my water like what tastes I'm funny. Sorry, <laughs> Kyle got distracted because I'm making oh, yeah, a funny was- face. My water tastes funny. Okay. Um, okay. Back to loyalty. Did they have I'm... that plebiscite already? Did they add fluoride to the water over the weekend? Because our oh, city, yeah. they want to do a plebiscite for fluoride in the water again. Like again. Yeah. Like, this is like every five to 10 years we go through this stupid thing. 
Should we add fluoride to the water? Um, anyways, uh, back on track. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, loyalty, you, you have to be, you have to practice loyalty. Like you have to, when push comes to shove and you understand why you're there, then it's about you being someone who exhibits loyalty that you can be trusted and gain. You know, it's one thing that we talk about when we, you know, in my, in my practice, when we talk to and work with organizations about building trust, the number one thing is, is, is you to be trustworthy, right? You have to display actions that says someone can trust you. So you either do what you say you're going to do. And so that's the part of that loyalty is you understanding what does the organization need? What can you contribute to that organization and be loyal to that? How about you? What do you think? What are some other things? Yeah. So I think it's, if it's not about loyalty, from my perspective, if it's not about loyalty, then it's about, I think there's three things. I think it's about helping people find a personal connection to why they're in this organization. So maybe it's about the paycheck, maybe it's about survival, but how can we help them go beyond that? Like, how can we help them find a deeper connection? There's actually a great book about this called The Dream Manager. Uh, it's such right. an inspirational book and e it's actually easier than people think to accomplish. Yeah. So I think first thing is help them find a personal connection or a purpose on working with you. People want to grow. Yeah. Number two, create team envy, be the leader that people want to follow, make yourself that person that everyone wants to be on your team. And by the way, folks, it's not always, Kyle will tell you this. It is not about just making people happy. It's actually about holding right. people accountable, accountable mm -hmm. and, and building trust. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is, I, that is the, at the bottom of the pyramid of the five uh, behaviors of a cohesive team that you facilitate. Absolutely. Isn't it, Kyle? Absolutely. You have to have trust yeah. before anything else comes. You cannot get results without trust. And and we have stats, right? Also that shows that, but think about it. Think about it. When someone that you, in look at your own circle, you know, on one hand, how many people you trust and you will actually tell them anything and everything, or you're going to consult, or you're going to involve mm -hmm. them. Could you imagine if you had an organization or you're in a bigger group that you can feel that way with? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Absolutely. Totally. And then the third thing I think is that um, it's loyalty is not necessarily about paying people money, but sometimes what they want is attached to money. So find out what somebody's currency is. Is it growth? Is it purpose? Is it independence? You know, community. is it community? What is somebody's currency? you know, that goes beyond the dollars. Like, yes, money might be a part of it, but what is it that goes beyond the dollars? I, I think those are the, the three things that I would suggest to our folks that they might consider to take inspired, imperfect inspired action on. Yeah. So as you guys think about your week this week, thinking about that, what is one thing that you can take inspired action on? What is that one thing? And we've often said it again and again in our podcast. It's not about that, you know, we may have shared three, four, five things with you today, but what is that one thing that you're saying, I'm going to be committed to this week to take inspired action on? And that is how you start at step one. Until next week. 
It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. But I struggled with it because I, I had to speak English a certain way. And actually, the teacher at the time actually kept me back a year.